0: Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Temperance Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. My topic this morning is... I. I was preparing for this, I realized that it's uh, probably one of those things that uh, people will either recognize, get on board with it, or uh, it's going to make some people angry. Uh, Because what I want to talk about is uh, spiritual prostitution. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 6 says this, and this is out of New Living Translation, the reason I uh, use this topic. I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who consult spirits of the dead. I will cut them off from the community. The Lord is telling the Israelites that if they prostitute themselves, with uh, the occult, they will uh, be cut off from their community. They'll be cut off from him. And in our society, we have gotten to the point where uh, we embrace this evil, and particularly this time of year. We've entered into a time of year right now with the celebration of Halloween uh, where people just... Embrace the evil that the Bible tells us to stay away from. I'm reminded of a story of a uh, an old preacher was preaching one day, and he got a little carried away, and, and he, he was talking about the devil and hell, and he said, I just defy the devil to show up right here, right now. Poof, there he was. The whole congregation left, including the pastor, except for one man sitting on An elderly man was sitting on the front pew. The devil looked at him, and he tried everything he could think of to try to to scare this guy. He got in his face, and he did all kinds of things. And finally, the devil just threw up his hands, and he said, aren't you afraid of me? What what do I have to do to get you to be afraid of me? (laughs) He said, you can't scare me. I've been living with your sister for 40 years. (laughs) Now, we make light, and that of... The devil, and I hesitate to do that like in such a, a way because we have uh, taken the enemy, the devil, and he's make no mistake, he's the enemy of our soul. The devil, we have taken the devil and we've made him out to be this cartoon character that you know, dressed in a red suit, walks around with a pitchfork. And really doesn't have any power. Uh, But the reality is, he is the enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to destroy people. And he wants to get Christians involved in his, in worshiping him any way he can. And one of the ways that he has managed to do that in our society It's through the practice of Halloween and the embracing of all kinds of evil that the Bible tells us is wrong. Now, listen to me. Most of our major holidays, uh, Christmas, Easter, they have some kind of pagan roots involved with them. Uh, you know, Christmas we we see the you know tree. It has it has pagan roots. Uh, the Christmas tree, um, you know, but does anybody fall down and worship the Christmas tree? Of course not. You know, the coloring of eggs. It's Ashtar uh, uh, dipping the the. Eggs and the blood of of sacrificed children, and uh, you know that's where we get some of this stuff. But but we're not doing that. We're we're not worshiping these idols and, and uh, these gods. But one of the things that I've seen with. With Halloween is that I can't find I can't find any redemptive qualities. At least with Christmas, we, we associate it with the birth of Jesus, and we know what it's all about. And and if we're careful with our children, we'll teach them the truth about it, and we won't teach them that it, it's some jolly old elf uh, bringing presents. You know, we'll we'll sit down with our kids and we'll we'll teach them the truth about what Christmas is really all about. And Easter, uh, what we call Easter, which is actually the resurrection of Jesus Christ, will do the same. But when it comes to Halloween, I can't see any redemptive qualities in Halloween at all. all it's all about evil. It's all about a scare, scaring people, scaring children, scaring, you know, uh, Many of the movies that have come out during this this time it's all about death and destruction. Who do you think's behind that? It's certainly not our God, but he's because he's about redemption and and love and compassion. But the enemy our enemy is the one that desires to destroy people. He put He he will destroy any person, but he particularly likes to destroy Christians. Now, many Christians justify uh, being involved with Halloween because it's just fun and games. But God calls any involvement in the occult disgusting to him, and we'll look at that in just a minute. The dictionary definition of occult is hidden, secret, mysterious, particularly pertaining to supernatural. I guess that the, the occult in a really broad sense, when we think about it, it's uh, the category of anything that's esoteric, supernatural beliefs, uh, practices, which uh, they generally fall outside of the realm of religion and science. So this is what we're talking about this morning. It includes things like magic, and but it's not, I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands, um, this is not an all-inclusive list, but it includes things like magic, sorcery, mystic, mysticism, witchcraft, Satanism, voodoo, uh, wizardry, any practice associated with spells and incantations of any kind. Also, fortune-telling tarot cards, palm reading, Ouija boards. It can also refer to things like uh, pseudo-science, like extrasensory perception and parapsychology. All these things have uh, a basis uh, in satanic worship and idol worship. And for us as Christians to be involved in anything like this, we are stepping over the line, the spiritual line, into darkness rather than light. Now, I know I'm not making some people real happy this morning when I talk about these things, but the reality is uh, this is real, and we have to recognize the spiritual aspects of what's taking place in our society. It's not, you know, listen, it's not just Halloween anymore. All these things are being promoted. We're promoting death all the time. According to an article published in the Smithsonian Magazine, October 27th, 2013, by a lady by the name of Linda Rodriguez McRobbie, says this, the makers of the Ouija board asked the board what they should call it, And the the board said, Ouija. When they asked what it meant, the board replied, good luck. Now, we don't live by luck, or we shouldn't be living by luck. If you're expecting to direct your life based on luck, then the cult is your best bet. I choose to base my life on the living God and his word and trust him, follow him. So this morning, as we get into this, we're going to look at some things. First of all, my first point is do not follow abominations, uh, things that are detestable to God. Look with me in Deuteronomy. If you have your Bibles or your device, you can look in Deuteronomy. If you have a Bible with you this morning... Uh, if you do not know how to find Deuteronomy, you're, the front of your Bible, you should have a list of the books of the Bible, so you can turn there, and then it'll uh, tell you what page to go to, just so that you can find the books when I call out a particular book. Now, I don't do this all the time, but I think it's very important that uh, we use the Bible when we come to church, we're supposed to be all about the Bible, right? Aren't we believers in, in Jesus Christ, believers in the Word of God? He was the Word that became flesh, and this is our Word given to us by the living God. So we need to be able to navigate the Bible and understand the Scripture. But this morning, we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 12, just to get started. When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, of course, he's talking to the Israelites at, right before they, they're they going in to take the, the land that God had promised them, and they're going in to take it from a, a group of people who know nothing about the living God. They are not, they're idol worshipers. They're false God worshipers. Uh, their whole societies is based on the occult of death and destruction, everything about them. And God is getting tired of all this, and he sends the Israelites in to take the land. When you do this, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of the detestable things that these nations practice, is what he's saying. Abomination is something that is absolutely disgusting to God. He's disgusted by it. Verse 18, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. First of all, not going to find anybody that makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. They, one of the, their disgusting, abominable acts was to take their children to the god Molech, who uh, was a um, god whose arms looked like a bull and had a uh, head of, of a bull and body of a man, but had its arms uh, stretched out like this and in the belly of that um, that. Idol, they would build a fire and they would place their children in that bull's arms and roll the children into the fire, into their death. Satan has always been about killing children, and he hasn't stopped in our day and time. Over 60 million of our children have been sacrificed. To the God of pleasure and convenience. We call it abortion, but it's a sacrifice. God awful quiet in here. I know that's tough. And I thank God for the, the ruling of the, the Supreme Court, but this isn't over. We have a society of death that's already been established. We have to take a stand against it. We don't hate people. We love people. But we hate those detestable acts. It's destroying lives. Goes on to talk about witchcraft, soothsaying, of omens and sorcerers, all kinds of occult practices. Verse 11, Or one who conjures spells or mediums or spiritists or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. All but these things our our church church here are part of God's mission is connecting people to God. People to God. Welcome to our podcast. Each, Each of them has been especially God's today in our society Isaiah to us today. sometimes to to by hearing Sometimes my words, is not known. Sometimes my that is not that Sometimes my is not my word is is not us. Sometimes not not to to them, enjoy this message, these things. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to talk about it because I know that it's making people uncomfortable. You know, we may have a mass exodus from this church because I'm willing to talk about the abominations, the detestable things that God is against, but it's more important to please God than man. In 1928, a man by the name of Walt Disney, you know, everybody loved Walt Disney. Walt Disney was an animator. Uh, I've heard some people say that if Walt Disney saw what Disney was doing today, he'd roll over in his grave. Well, I really beg to differ with you because right from the beginning, Walt Disney was all about Magic and promoting magic in our society. In 1928, he came up with the character of um, Mickey Mouse, and it made him incredibly successful and wealthy. But after that, he started with uh, a series of animated films, and every one of them had something to do with the occult. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You see any occult things in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Any magic in there? Pinocchio. Fantasia was probably the worst at that point. Cinderella. Mary Poppins. Bed knobs and broomsticks as time went on. Many, many more. As time progressed, the occult, the involvement and the the occult teachings from the Disney films have become increasingly more blatant to the point now, you know, some of you are wondering, why is Disney, uh, why are they promoting some of the things that they're promoting? I'll tell you why they're promoting, because their roots are in the occult. A spiritual prostitute is someone that practices, participates in, or supports a spiritual abomination. Ephesians 5:11 says this. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, what we're supposed to do is expose the unfruitful works of darkness. Isaiah chapter. 5 verse 20 says this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Do you see that happening in our society today? Good is being called evil all the time. Evil is being promoted and sometimes sometimes elevated to the highest level uh, in our society. We're in a very desperate situation, but never, ever concede to the enemy because our God is a mighty, powerful God. He is a deliverer. And when things look the worst, that's when he's ready to show up. I believe with all my heart that our God is ready to move in an incredible, mighty way today in our society, but he's depending, he's waiting for his ecclesia, his church to rise up and be the church that he's called us to be, to be his followers, to recognize what is evil and elevate good above it to talk about the good things, to love people regardless of, of what they're doing or how evil they've become, to love them, but at the same time, speak truth to them. And sometimes we're, we're accused of being haters because we're trying to warn people, we don't want you to go to hell. That's, that's, what the, that's your destination unless you turn if you continue to to practice these abominations. Second point this morning is, are you bewitched? All these things that are mentioned in Deuteronomy are occult practices. They're categorize You could categorize them under a heading called magic arts. Uh, And magic is the use of spells Supernatural power uh, used uh, to manipulate and uh, overcome people and nature. They're called magic rites, incantations, extraordinary powers that come not from the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it's promoted as as if it's coming from within the human being. You have all the power you need. And many times it's... It's uh, the reality, it's coming from supernatural powers that are opposed to the living God. The overall purpose of magic is to exercise control over people and nature. In Acts chapter 8, Philip preaches to Samaritans, and they believe... uh, in the, the gospel message, and there's a sorcerer there whose name is Simon, and Simon also believes. But it says this, there was a certain man called Simon, this is Acts chapter 8, verse 9, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming he was someone great. You see, his whole purpose was to control the people. He wanted to be someone great, and he wanted to control the, the people that lived in, in his area, in Samaria. The sorcerer is a magician, someone who practices magic arts. And to be astonished means to be bewitched, to be controlled or affected by magic, by a magic spell. You see, the people of Samaria, uh, they were not sorcerers, but they were controlled and bewitched by the magic of the sorcerer. Many in our world today are bewitched by all the occult practices that are going on in our society. Many are deceived. Jenny Weaver was a Christian, or lived in a Christian family. She was raised by her mother, who was a born-again Christian. And her mother forbid any witchcraft or demonic evil things in their home, including programs on television, cartoons, or anything like that. But she would go off to a friend's house. And, of course, at a friend's house, she was allowed to do do whatever they wanted to do. And one of the things she would do was watch some of the, the occult movies And in 1996, a movie came out around Halloween time called The Craft. And in The Craft, this this movie depicts uh, three or four uh, teenage girls who were outcasts. They were going to a a Los Angeles parochial high school. And in order to get revenge on their enemies and uh, be able to control their lives, they turned turned to witchcraft so that they could gain control. And this movie, basically, along with a lot of other movies, glorified the Wiccan and witchcraft. And after watching this movie, Ginny decided she wanted that kind of power. So she got heavily involved in witchcraft, conjuring and casting spells. Not only did she do that, she got addicted to drugs. She became a cutter. She... Cut her At one point, she had 56 cuts just on one arm. You see, the enemy wants to destroy. He doesn't care whether you're worshiping him or not. He still wants to kill. So she did this for a long time, and uh, the spirits were controlling her. And one day she realized, having been raised in a Christian family, she realized that her house was a haunted house. Basically the things were going on all around her all the time that was supernatural and she, you know, she became disturbed by it. So she she stopped doing the witchcraft. But she didn't you can't run from it like that. You can't just stop. She was still a drug addict. She was still being controlled and manipulated by the demonic forces. She was so caught up in this stuff that she was living like an animal. She was living in people's uh, outbuildings and sleeping outside. And she got so desperate at one point, she cried out to God, God, help me. Help me. I know. I know who you are. Help me. Not long after that, the police came, picked her up, and on her way to the station, a lady officer began to minister to her and told her, she said, you don't need to live this way. You've been created by a living God. He has a purpose for your life. Turn to him through Jesus Christ, and he'll change your life. She said, I read her testimony, and she said from that point on, she began to seek God. She received Christ as her personal Savior, and God turned her life around. Today, she has a family. God has been working in her life. She now warns people of the danger of the occult and how easily you can get caught up in it. And she warns people about any involvement in Halloween because it opens doors to the occult. She said this. She said, Wiccans, Satanists, pagans, Druids, Many other demonic-inspired groups look forward to Halloween like children look forward to Christmas. Third thing I want to share with you this morning is the enemy, uh, the occult is the enemy of all righteousness. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. We're going to begin with verse 6. Acts chapter 13, verse 6. I'm going to read 6 through 12. Begin with, uh, with the first verse, 6, with verse 6, I'm sorry. And when they had gone through the island to Patmos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, Who was with the proconsul, Sigurus, Paulus, an intelligent man? This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also called Paul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said to him, "'O fool of all deceit and all fraud, "'you son of the devil, you enemy of all unrighteousness, "'will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? "'And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, "'and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time.' "'And immediately a dark mist fell on him, "'and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand.' Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Praise God. We see the power of God, how much greater it is than the enemy. This man had lots of power that came from the darkness, from the enemy, from Satan. And yet Paul calmly took authority over it and showed the power of the living God. A sorcerer in this context, the word that's used here means a false prophet or someone who conjures up spells. You see, magic of any kind is a counterfeit of the God's Holy Spirit and God's gifts of the Spirit. Let me show you what I mean in, in uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 10 through 12. I think maybe I have those scriptures, so you won't have to turn there. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast his rod before Pharaoh and before his servant, and it became a serpent. This was God's sign that God was with Moses. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and sorcerers, so the magician of the Egypt, and they also did like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. The thing I want to share with you, I wanted to show you here in this, is that, uh, you know, God showed his mighty power through the throwing down of the rod, turning into a serpent, but the enemy was able, able to counterfeit it. You see, the enemy can counterfeit God's power to a certain point. And as we see these plagues continue, there's, it comes to a point where the magicians could no longer counterfeit what God was doing. And that's when they said, this is the hand of God. They told Pharaoh that. But Pharaoh wouldn't listen. He was stubborn, hard-hearted. But what we can see in this is that the enemy always, he, he's not original in anything. He always counterfeits what God originally does. There's a former Satanist who turned pastor. His name is John Ramirez. In an interview on October the 20th, 2018 for CBN News, he said this. He said, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness in witchcraft, Ramirez said. I would sit with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you. I was the kind of, it was the kind of communication uh, that I would do with just any human being. It was just that kind of relationship. He goes on to warn Christians about the involvement in Halloween, and he knows what he's talking about because he would not only worship the devil, but on Halloween he would do some sacrifices. He would sacrifice animals, and he realized that uh, this was a very uh, important time of year for certain for uh, witches and Wiccans and all kinds of different uh, occult practices. He was so involved that his friends would call him Lucifer's son. Ramirez warns Halloween isn't just about costumes and candies. There's much darker reality about it. He says, saintness are happy... When Halloween comes, they believe that on the night of October 31st, the separation, the veil between the natural and the supernatural becomes very thin. And that's why they believe that on Halloween, they can, their spells, their incantations, all the things that, that they do are much more powerful during this time of year. So what they're, they're doing on October the 31st is uh, casting more spells, I can guarantee you, as a church who loves Jesus Christ and the churches around our area that love Jesus are under attack on October the 31st because the enemy believes or they believe that the enemy has much more power. But here's the thing. One of the things that Ramiro's found out was that if a person was a true Christian, he couldn't touch them. One time he tried, uh, a man came to him to try to get him to put a spell on, on a lady, and uh, he agreed to do it. He was, the guy was going to pay him $30,000 to put a spell on this woman because his, he was known to put spells on people and Things would happen. They would die. They'd get sick, all kinds of things, financial ruin. When he he said, well, I wanted to tell you this, this lady's a Christian. And he said, ah, I'll do it for free. Since she's a Christian, I'll do it for free. Well, he went and he did all the things. And uh, he went to this guy and he said, within 30 days, she's going to get sick and die. Well, 30 days went by and nothing happened. And he couldn't understand. Finally, he said he went, went to Satan. He called, he's called Satan, his papa, his daddy. So he said he went to Satan, and he, he talked to Satan. And he said, what's going on? Satan said, leave her alone. There's nothing you can do. And he said, I don't understand. But this was the first, this was Enlightenment. To Ramirez, to find out that there was a power much higher than the power that he was serving. And eventually he just, he gave up. He kept trying, but then he, he gave up because there was nothing, there was no spell, no incantation, there was nothing supernatural that he could do to this lady. He also. went to, uh, not too long after that, there was some people, street preachers, they were preaching, singing, preaching the gospel on, in his area, and he said, I wasn't going to have that. So he went to disrupt their meeting, and when he got there, he said there was this wall of fire that he couldn't penetrate, and they were up there preaching the, the gospel. He said he just had to throw up his hands and leave Well, not too too long after that, uh, God was trying to, to wake him up and show him who was really in control. And he began to realize that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. The last thing I want to talk to you this morning about is there's freedom from the demonic, freedom from magic. In Acts chapter 19, verse 19, It says, also, many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Uh, According to the commentary, I I read 50,000 pieces of silver. uh, They couldn't calculate. It just said several million dollars. This was a lot of money. They had paid a lot for their books because they were very powerful books. Because Jesus Christ had come and changed their hearts, they were willing to pile up these books and burn them and get rid of them. They did it themselves. Nobody had to do it for them. They willingly came and got rid of all the satanic occult activities that they were involved in because they loved the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if a person is enlightened and then they continue in a practice like that, that's a rebellion. And God, it's, it's really it's sad because when a person gets in rebellion to God, their destined, their destiny is hell if they don't turn. But freedom comes from repentance. If you remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. Uh, Saul, the new king, was sent out to do something. He was gonna, He was sent to, to take a particular kingdom, a uh, group of people and a king, and he was told to kill all of them, get rid of them, and he refused to do that when he kept some of the animals. He kept the king alive, and when Samuel, the prophet, showed up, He said, uh, Saul came to him and said, look, I've done everything you've said. And and Samuel said, well, why do do I hear all these animals making such noise? And he said, well, we kept the best to sacrifice to God. And Samuel told him this. He said, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is iniquity of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Rebellion is just like the sin of witchcraft. And God says he hates witchcraft. He hates the abomination, all the abominable acts of the occult. Witchcraft, divination, sorcery, magic, it doesn't matter what you call it. All these things, they're not only just referring to witches, they're referring to the overall practice of the occult. One of Paul's, or one of Saul's, the King Saul's rebellious acts before he died was he went to Endor and he called on a witch to call up Samuel to speak to him. And according to the scripture, that's exactly what happened. Supernatural power. Was released, and Samuel came up and spoke to Saul. And he told Saul he was going to die for this rebellious act. Witchcraft, magic, sorcery, all these things that we're seeing. It's crazy. Listen, I mentioned that, mentioned about Disney. I was in somebody's house the other day, and on their TV, they had a beautiful. Huge, great big screen TV. It was a nice TV. On that TV, the children sitting watching was, it must have been a Disney program because it was Mickey Mouse and Minnie and and Daffy, or not Daffy, uh, um, Donald, um, you know, these characters. Every one of those characters was dressed up like a wizard. And there was a wizard leading them. And they were doing all kinds of magic acts. And this wizard was telling telling them how wonderful they were. Because they were able to do these things. And encourage them. What do you think he was encouraging the children to do? Get involved with that stuff. I'm saying these things this morning. Because I don't want your children to be manipulated and controlled by the enemy. I don't want your household to be the victim of the demonic forces that want to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we get involved with these things, we open our lives and our hearts up to the demonic. God wants us to be free to worship him. Truth is, God wants his people to worship him and only him. And all we have to do, according to scripture, is repent. If we've been involved in such things, if you're listening to me this morning, you're hearing this. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe you've been involved in magic and sorcery, witchcraft, God wants to set you free, but you have to repent. Just like the people in Samaria, they had to repent and get rid of all that stuff out of their homes and turn from it. You see, repentance means turning. It's not just a, oh, I feel sorry that I did that. No, repentance mean that you, means you're going this direction and you turn and go in a new direction toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is a day of redemption. Today is a day of freedom. Today is the day for anyone who has ever been involved in such things. Hallelujah. To be set free in Jesus' name. Stand with me, please. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Teppers Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.